Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast, where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. It is October 17th, 2022. This is Alex. Good morning and happy Monday from the TechCrunch office. Where we have not actually recorded Equity in, I think, a couple of years, but we found all the equipment, we found the cables, we found the mics, and here we are. We're gearing up for Disrupt here at TechCrunch. Everyone's flying in. It's quite the confab and we're very excited. And more notes about Equity at Disrupt at the end of the show. With that, let's go. We're going to start, as we do every Monday, with a look at global markets, and that means a talk about the stock market. Over in Asia, shares are mixed. They are down in Japan and up in Korea and China. Over in Europe, stocks are higher. CNBC claims this is due to a tax policy change in the UK, but pick your own poison. And here in the United States, good news. Stocks are set to rip higher at the open. Why? Well, it's not entirely clear, but after a weird and wonky last few weeks, how nice is it to kick off the week on a positive note? And even better for you technology folks out there, software stocks are ripping even higher than the other parts of the market. The Bessemer Cloud Index is up nearly 6% as I write to you. Good news for startups and big tech alike. Turning to the world of crypto, there is nothing to report that's nearly as exciting as what we've seen in the stock market. Major cryptos are up about 1% in the last week and are down about a half point in the last hour, so there's just not a lot of movement to report on. The crypto market cap, a figure that, yes, we all know is a little problematic, remains under the $1 trillion mark, a key price threshold. Turning elsewhere in the world of crypto, well, NFT volume continues to slump on the key exchange OpenSea, and DeFi TVL remains in its new normal range. If you don't know what DeFi TVL is, congrats, you have friends. And shares of American crypto marketplace Coinbase are much higher this morning. Good news for all domestic crypto companies. Up first today in our look at startups, we are going to once again focus on the world of social media, but no, not Twitter today. We're going to talk about Parler, the Twitter clone that you forgot about. Turns out that Kanye West, the rapper who also goes by the name Ye, has reached an agreement to buy, quote, the uncancelable free speech platform Parler. This is according to a statement from both parties on Monday, and they said that the move is going to help individuals express their conservative opinions freely. The terms, though, are a little bit weird. See, as part of the deal, the financial terms, of course, were not disclosed. Parler has agreed to sell itself fully to Kanye West, but the social network will continue to receive technical support from, quote, Parliament Technologies, funny name, including access to its private cloud services and its data center infra. So Kanye is buying the social media front end, but not kind of the things that run Parler itself. It's a bit like buying a car, but not buying the engine. I don't think this is actually going to go that well. Anyways, the context here is that Kanye, or Ye, if you prefer, has gotten into trouble with various mainstream social media platforms for posting anti-Semitic material in the last couple of weeks, which is not usually allowed on most American social services. And I'll just say this, you know, calling Kanye's positions, quote, conservative in light of his recent antics is certainly a choice that Parler is making. If the name Parler sounds familiar to you, it's because it did have a big bump after Trump lost back in 2020. So how popular is it today? Well, according to Sensor Tower data, Parler was ranked at around number 100 in the news category in the U.S. amongst iPhone users. So since this news has come out, how has that changed? Well, it's risen to number 39 in the news category in the U.S. on iPhone. So frankly, given the amount of coverage we've seen of this news, not really a huge bump. And even more context, Trump owns Truth Social, which has a similar kind of bent to it as Parler. And then Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter, 
So we are looking at three controversial celebrities, each with a different day job, looking to buy or currently buying social networks that they think need fewer restrictions around what can be said. So basically, it appears that some very rich people think that what we need today is social networking with less control over racist content and the like. American law lets corporations moderate user-posted content as they will, and sure, there are a couple of challenges to that around the nation, but it does remain the law of the land today. And then notably, I'll just say Parler has a terms of service that allows it to ban users and censor content as it wants to, or as it says, it quote, may, but have no obligation to monitor, edit, or remove content that it determines. I'm kind of editing here a little bit. In its sole discretion to be unlawful, offensive, threatening, libelous, defamatory, pornographic, obscene, or otherwise objectionable or violates any party's intellectual property or these terms of service, which sounds a lot like Twitter today. Anyways, this is dumb, and uh, no one uses Parler. Do you remember when former startup Box got into a scrap with Starboard, the activist investor group? Well, now the same group of folks is going after Splunk, a public data analysis company. Just here is that there's more room for activist investors to get into the mix when stock prices are low, and as you may have heard, the value of technology companies has fallen. So could we see some more forced M&A, some more forced buybacks? It's not clear, but it does seem that investors are taking more shots today than they did before. All right, I got a couple of quick hits before I let you go this morning. The first one up is Ambi Robotics, a startup that is developing supply chain automation hardware. And it recently announced that it raised a $32 million round that was co-led by Tiger Global. Not a name we've heard quite as much this year. Why is this going together? Well, investor confidence makes sense as the company has a $23 million deal to deploy its hardware at a U.S. company. And it raised the new round as a safe. Very interesting. So what does Ambi do? Well, Ambi's robotics platform automates processes primarily in the logistics and fulfillment spaces. And TechCrunch writes that the company claims its products, which include robotic arms and the software that runs them, can be, quote, taught to pick and pack millions of unique items. Given that e-commerce is, you know, kind of a big deal, this round makes a lot of sense. Next up, a company called Byju's. Yes, the Indian edtech giant is back on our radar, and this time it's because it has raised a quarter billion dollars at the same price that it raised back in March. And if you recall, it was valued at $22 billion, making it one of the most valuable tech startups, not just in India, but in the entire world. And Byju's was in the news recently because it laid off 5% of its staff or around 2,500 workers. And so that implies that the company has a simply enormous employee and cost base. So for Byju's, it's kind of one of those bad news, good news sandwiches, and not the first time we've seen that from the company, but it does imply there is still money for edtech and Indian startups at the same time. From the developing story that I have yet to fully understand bucket, changes to American regulations relating to the Chinese chip industry are causing waves, essentially forcing Americans working for Chinese semiconductor companies to choose their jobs or their citizenship. Now, the impact of this new regulation is still being understood, but it's worth noting that commentary that we have read so far from various people in policy and technology circles is insanely negative as it relates to the health of the Chinese semiconductor industry. Essentially, we're pulling a lot of talent out, China's not happy, and this is the future of economic warfare between two global powers. All right, so listen, TechCrunch is going to look a little bit different this week because our main event of the year starts tomorrow a.m. here in San Francisco. So that means that a huge chunk of global TechCrunch is going to be here on site in the city by the bay. Uh, the site's going to look a little bit different. Equity is going to sound a little bit different because we're going to be recording live tomorrow on the TechCrunch Plus stage. First thing at the event. And look, I'm not going to brag, but we finally have some merch and the merch is cool. It's pens. 
I just got one this morning and they're free. And if you come and eat bagels with us, you can have a free pen. Is it a t-shirt? No. Is it a tank top? No. Is it cooler than nothing? Absolutely. Anyways, more about that to come, but yeah, Disrupt is this week. So we're going to be super busy, but it's going to be an absolute blast. I am actually getting to meet a lot of folks that I've been working with for, for years now that I haven't actually seen in person. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm full of joy and happiness and I'm nervous because I'm, I'm hosting one of the stages, but uh, we're taking the show to the show. And so if you like equity, I'll see you tomorrow morning, but don't forget as always equity pod on Twitter, Alex on Twitter. We'll talk to you soon and get ready for one hell of a week. Equity Mondays are hosted by myself, Editor-in-Chief of TechCrunch Plus, Alex Wilhelm. We're produced by Teresa Locansolo with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovet manages TechCrunch Audio products. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.